0: College football talk as David Cone, the co-host of Crane and Company with Jake Crane, joins Bryant, Brett, and Jay Morgan, a college quarterback at Michigan, a tall man that's on Twitter at David Adam Cone. Here's David
1: with Bryant and Brett. David Cone joins us now. The co-host of Crane and Company he joins us every single week to talk college football, and he's back again. David, I guess let's uh, start with. Uh, the debate that the entire country has been having really since Saturday night, should Florida state be in? Should they not be in? We learned on Sunday that they were not in. What did you make of the committee's decision, um, to put Texas and Alabama in to the playoff and leave an undefeated, uh, power five conference champ, Florida state out.
2: Well, I've heard for the last 10 years, boys, win and you're in, I've heard that phrase so many times. Uh, I didn't hear it a lot this past couple weeks, though, because I think we knew the direction it was headed. Look, here's what I have to say on it. College football is a broken and unserious sport, and I hate to say it because it's my favorite, and I think it's a lot of y'all's favorites, yeah. too. But, uh, you know, any sport where we're going to allow a bureaucratic committee to convene behind closed doors and pick the postseason participants, that is an unserious sport to me. Any time we will allow an undefeated league champ with a brand, too, Florida State's yeah. a big brand, to go unbeaten and not even have a path to compete in the championship, I don't care who's hurt on their team. I don't care if the whole team's hurt. That's an unserious sport. And then likewise, any time we, that we would have an SEC champion, right, who's been the most dominant league in the country in college football, be able to win 11 straight games and unseat the back-to-back camp Georgia Bulldogs, if they don't have a path to win the national championship, then that's unserious as well. So this committee, I don't blame this committee, okay? This committee fell on their sword. They played the villain role, and they did what they had to do. They gave us a more compelling playoff matchup. Michigan and a full-strength Alabama rather than a Florida State team that was going to have a backup quarterback, even though I think they were judging the third-string quarterback Mm -hmm. in the ACC championship game that Saturday night. But Tate Rodemaker undoubtedly would have been back for Florida State. But either way, they gave us the more compelling matchup. And I think, you know, the way I had it shake out was Michigan 1, I had uh, Washington 2, I had Florida State 3, an undefeated league champ, and then Texas 4. Just because money. of the head-to-head earlier with Alabama, and Brett, yeah. you had asked me throughout the season, hey, this is going to shape up to be problematic unless Texas loses another game, and they never did. And even when I filled out my list, it never sat right with me. I looked at it for an hour straight. It never sat right with me that the winner of the SEC, be that Georgia or Alabama, somehow wouldn't wouldn't be in. That's just silly to think, right? Like one way or another it would have to work out like that. But it just the national landscape this time, for the first time, worked against the SEC. But I think we were all kidding ourselves, boys, because one way or another, they were going to get in. And uh, honestly, Texas is kind of lucky because if, if um, you know if Alabama had lost to Auburn the week before and didn't convert that fourth and thirty one hail mary that they needed, mm-hmm. and they still beat Georgia, and they were a two loss SEC champ. Make no mistake about it, Georgia just would have been slid into that fourth role, but I think it would have been Florida State being kept at three. See, Alabama and Texas were a package deal because Texas had that head-to-head. So they had to go ahead and move both of them ahead of Florida State. Florida State's going to be on the outside looking in. Uh, and it's unfortunate for them, but I still think a month from now we're going to be looking down the barrel of a very competitive and compelling college football playoff
3: yeah it's going to be good when we get to it, but it is very untidy right now, and i don't i don't blame Florida State at all for being mad david. what I have said all year is this was good really good s e c it just wasn't vintage it was good. Alabama. I don't think it's finished. They may win it. They're going to have a parade and they'll yeah. they'll display the the champ the championship trophy just like they do for any title. But it would probably be the least best team of Nick Saban's to win a national title. I didn't sure. think it was going to happen Sunday morning. I was on live on a show in Little Rock and I had the same order you had. But I knew when Texas popped up there as the three, <laughs> Me, FSU was in big, big, really big trouble.
2: I, mean, I said the same thing to my wife when Texas, because, and some people had Texas at three, and then they put Florida State at four. And I was shaking my head, and we had just gotten done doing a show, too. I said, no, 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 no. If they let one, one-loss team jump Florida State, we best believe they're gonna on. have the SEC team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the, the gate trope. That, that's, you know, that's what leads to just how hypocritical this process Played out with the committee down the stretch. One, we knew Jordan Travis got injured weeks ago, but they never moved Florida State below a one-loss team. Uh, and then to say to say that, well, Florida State with the key injury to the quarterback position is is clearly not better than Texas or Alabama, but they're still better than Georgia and Ohio State, and they put them at five. Are you kidding me? Have some consistency. Move them all the way back to 10 or 11 and put them back with Ole Miss and Penn State if you think that the quarterback injury hinders them that much. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just it's, it's unfortunate because, look, Uh, Alabama, like you said, can not only go forward and beat Michigan. I mean, Nick Saban, is is the track record this guy has in the postseason and give him a month of December to prepare is just incredible. But they'll likely win the whole thing, right? Like, no one's going to be surprised if Alabama wins the national championship. And that's not what people were arguing. People weren't arguing that this Alabama team is not really good or that they're not the hottest team in the country. It's just that we have seen through every iteration of college football, pre-BCS, BCS, and now the college football playoff, that there's too much subjectivity when it comes to crowning these champions, and it's really disappointing, and it was sort of that that first time that i had seen it cut against the SEC like that, which was surprising, but they still got the benefit of the doubt, and in, in many respects, in most years, they have earned that because mm. they have the, the conference has been so dominant in most um, mm-hmm. in, in most years. This one really surprises me because uh, we, like I said, we've always heard that phrase: "Win and you're in." And Florida State did that; they won. And it really comes down to what I think has become the worst phrase in all of sports, and that phrase is the four best team mm. through that phrase right there. We allow a group of men, many of whom have never put on shoulder pads or a helmet, to convene behind locked doors and tell us who they think the four best teams yep. are. Well, you know what? If we allowed that to happen, I, I heard all I heard for the last six weeks there's no doubt that Oregon would win a rematch against Washington if they could face off on a neutral site. Right. Vegas even thought so and put him as ten point favorites. Yep. Thank goodness I didn't listen to him because I had Washington in the college football playoff preseason and they're there now, so Great I don't pick. want to listen to a group of people who tell me who the four best teams are. You know who decides who the four best teams are? Is the football field, and that's how we should leave it.
1: That's right. Well, uh, I want to talk about Washington, but I want to ask you one more question about about this Florida State team, because Mike Norvell, obviously, here in Memphis, we're all very familiar with him and the type of coach he is, but what have you made of the job he's done? I mean, we remember those first couple of seasons. Very rocky years for him as the head coach. A lot of people, um, towards that second year, towards the end of that, wanted him out of Florida State, and now turning it around and and really most of the country thinking they should have been in the college football playoffs this year. What have you made of that job Mike Norvell has done at Florida State?
2: Oh, it's incredible. I'm so proud of what he's done. And we remember, like, first of all, I grew up a Florida State fan. I'm mm. from South Georgia, so, that you know, my parents met at Florida State. That was the closest uh, college to – I wanted to play at Florida State. Uh, it didn't shake out that way, but I've always just respected that program. And when I was growing up, it was me and Peter Work, all those mm-hmm. great Seminole, uh, Seminole great playing for them. Uh, But then the brand really took a hit. I mean, when Jimbo Fisher left after that national championship to go to Texas A&M and pretty much said it's because of the resources, they're not giving me any of the resources I need here. Then all of a sudden they rattle off. What was it? Five straight, maybe more losing seasons. I thought, wow. They really, in Tallahassee, they really are not valuing football the way they used to. And then at the beginning of last season, Mike Norvell entered and he was certainly on the hot seat. And then they overperformed last year. He gets things off the ground. It was impressive to see. And then to follow that up this year with the performance they've had. Now, look, they had some ugly games down the stretch, too, playing tight at Boston College and Mm -hmm. things like that. But, man, that defense is incredible. Forget about Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson and Jordan Travis and everything that they were able to do on the offensive side of the football. But uh, the defense is what was so impressive to me. And even here down the stretch, when they got body quarterback playing with backups, they Mm -hmm. were able to have, what was it, a double-digit win on the road, I believe, at Florida, a double-digit win over what's a really good Louisville team. You know, the thing that has bothered me most here, I think, since Sunday is to see – and it's not just from Alabama fans or Southeastern Conference fans, but to see sort of the lack of disrespect towards Florida State. Like, if you're going to play this thing out, to me, you have to use – you have to use the, the quarterback Jordan Travis injury as the only reasoning. Now, I still think that, that a key player injury, which the committee does have in their, their criteria, uh, that to me is a tiebreaker scenario if all mm. things are even, if all teams are undefeated or everyone's a conference champ or they both are similar in the eye test. You know, it, it, that shouldn't be used to go to the very front. But even still, that would be the main reasoning that I think most fans should use is that, hey, Florida State's just not the same team without their quarterback. What I've heard way too much of since Sunday is, well, Florida State doesn't play anyone and the, and the ACC mm, right. isn't any good. Beat LSU you know,
3: back-to-back years.
2: <laughs> you know, it, what, what, what really bothers me about it is, is that um, I don't think the people who are saying that took the time to watch the games, and sometimes I have to remember, I have to remind myself David, not everybody watches every game. Like, I have to do that for my to make a living, right? But some people just watch their teams, and they don't, they don't really keep up with the other teams. I watch this Florida State team play every single week, and to, if they played a week-week non-conference schedule and then played the ACC schedule, there'd be something to that. But they went out of their way to schedule LSU week one. That was the toughest opening game of the season. Back-to-back years now and they beat LSU worse than Alabama did by three touchdowns. So to me, if you're going to if you're going to justify this argument, you have to just zero in on the fact that that's not the same team when Jordan Travis goes out and that there are only four spots and really, you could say there are seven deserving teams because not only that first six that the committee lifted, listed, but look, Ohio State, too, was a really solid football team. and yeah. They only lose by six on the road at Michigan. One loss. Uh, it was good for college football to see this much parity. And honestly, to be having the argument uh, that we are having, I think will be good for college football, especially if the 12-team playoff sort of uh, goes to a more objective metrics for the automatic qualifiers. All right,
3: for a committee going forward, I think it should be smaller and it should be more transparent.
2: Yes, well, 100%. Both of those things are true, but what would be better yet is for there to be no committee involved at all. I mean, when's the last time you've seen the NFL playoff committee get the playoff spots wrong? Oh wait, they don't have one, you know. Hmm. say you, you win your division and you get in—that's what I—that's what I mean when I say it as it, it's sort of an unserious. What sport, are the mechanisms
3: that, to do that, though, David? The
2: mechanism—I don't blame this committee for giving us a more compelling matchup. I blame the selection mechanism. I blame yeah. the people who are giving the committee their marching orders, right? Which are, I think that the TV dollars are certainly involved in all that. Do you... Like I said, look, all of us want to see the most compelling yeah. playoff matchup. I understand that. But at some point, you know, you would have written off the Philadelphia Eagles when Carson Wentz went down and mm-hmm. Nick Foles steps in and he wins a Super Bowl, right? Like, that's, that's right. what happens sometimes as a team sport. I,
3: I would have written off Jim Craig as the goalie in 1980 in Lake sure. Placid, especially after they lost 10-3 to to the Soviet Union in Madison Square Garden. About two weeks before that, David Cohn, our guest, talking college football i know it's going to be tough at your house now david if you have to go to the guest house or to the extra bedroom if you need a good place we're here for you because it's going to be throw down at y'all's house sure for the michigan i'm going to, to
2: take you up on that man you know uh, the, the the farm out there with my father-in-law richard todd and alabama great played for bear bryant that that farm has been the safe haven when michigan <laughs> plays ohio there for thanksgiving in fact i haven't seen michigan beat ohio any other time, but these last three years when I've been at the family farm. But I can tell you right now, that will not be a New Year's Eve tradition. <laughs> you're going to because be on the back 40 it is, it is acres, is though, divided. this time. Uh-huh. It a, it's a house divided this time. And honestly, that's how we love it. Uh, it's going yeah. to be an incredible matchup. And to me, if you're Michigan, you know, you need to embrace this. Because last year you got the benefit of the doubt with the easier uh, draw in TCU and how'd that work out for yeah. you? You lost yeah. the game. And the year before you got the tougher draw in Georgia, and they spanked you. So what for Michigan it's proven it doesn't matter if you get the tough draw or the easy draw, all you've done in the college football playoff is lost, and now it's time for that to change. This will be the best roster and the best quarterback that Jim Harbaugh has gone uh, not only into a season with, but specifically into the college football playoff. And like you mentioned, Brett, this will be one of the more, uh, let's phrase it like this, less elite rosters that Nick Saban has gone into a playoff. Still one of the better ones in the country, one of the best. Yeah, really, really good. Really, really, really good. But let's not kid ourselves. If you're Michigan, like this isn't you're not playing the twenty twenty Alabama team or some of those Mm -hmm. other national championship teams they've had. So to me, this is a brand defining game. It's a brand defining game for Michigan. This is not what you can't go in there now and lose this football game and really lose all the momentum that you've been able to build up these past couple years because everything changes next year. The landscape changes so much with conference expansion, playoff expansion, Jim Harbaugh still under investigation. going to the NFL, all the seniors that came back this year are now leaving. They really need to step up and win this football game.
1: Yeah, uh, it's going to be the uh, fun one for sure. Talking to David Cohn, the co-host of Crane & Company. On the other side, Washington in Texas. and Texas. And speaking of this Washington team, you were talking about it earlier. They A great season for them, but then they go into the Pac-12 championship game as a nine and a half, ten 10-point Underdog and, and really, um, if they had, you know, kept their foot on the gas, they could have won that game, that championship game by 10 points, being a 10 point underdog. What did you make of that game and, and that response to kind of all week of hearing how good this Oregon team is, how much better this Oregon team is than Washington? What did you make of that response by Washington, uh, to put on that show against Oregon?
2: I thought it was standard operating procedure from what I'd seen all year. It was the most disrespectful line that I saw this entire year. And, yes, full disclosure, I have former teammates of mine Uh, I played with at Michigan, who are best, best friends of mine. They're on the coaching staff at Washington, so I keep up with them very closely. But I don't know another member of sports media, really, who picked Washington to be in their college football playoff. Mm, I went out on a limb in doing so, trusting that that defense would be a little more improved because I knew what they had on offense. Michael Penix Jr.'s an NFL player. They have not two but three NFL wide receivers. Mm-hmm. When you start to talk about a Doomsday McMillan and Polk, so the question was, would their defense be improved enough? And yes, of course, the way they played after the Oregon win and the way that Oregon played after losing to Washington, I understand what people saw. It was it would have been. Very believable to pick Oregon in that football game in the conference championship. That's not what was disrespectful. A ten-point underdog, the way that Michael Penix Jr. and that team had really showcased it. It's they all they needed for physical. motivation. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, but it was a great football game. I'm so proud of the way that Bo Nix has responded. You know, I don't know all the details of what went on at Auburn. I just know he loved Auburn and he was an Auburn guy. He gave Auburn everything he had. Whatever happened with him and Brian Harson, I don't know, but I was so happy that Bo Nix went on, had a, a tremendous success at Oregon. I love the fact that he's going to be in New York this weekend as a Heisman Trophy finalist, and he gave us a couple epic showdowns this year. But hats off to Washington for just basically absorbing. They didn't do a lot of talking. They absorbed all that hatred, everybody questioning them. They showed up, and they go undefeated in a, in a Pac-12 that we said, guys, This is the best version of the Pac-12 we've ever seen. I know it's just so ironic that it happens to be the last year of the conference, but, man, all the teams out there that were really playing great football and Washington finds a way to go unbeaten. So when you look at the matchup with Texas, I haven't decided yet who I'm going to take in the football game because every week that I've looked at Texas, they just look better and better. And honestly, I think Michigan got the better draw of playing Alabama rather than Texas. Mm. Now, of course, they would have liked to play a Florida State team with a backup quarterback, but when you look at what Steve Sarkisian and Quinn Ewers are able to do, especially on that deep third of the field with taking those shots and and stretching you vertically, uh, it's going to be an incredible matchup because that's what Washington does as well. And and Texas on the defensive side of the ball, they're so good in the front seven. Not many teams have been able to run on them. But they they their one weakness is in that back third, and that's exactly what Washington wants to attack. So I'm very interested to see what sort of schemes get drawn up for this. Whatever the over under is, trust me, I'll be taking the over.
3: If I'm Mike Norvell, here here's here's my curfew at the ball game. Just don't get arrested.
2: Oh, Mike Norvell.
3: <laughs> yeah. For FSU's players, night before yeah. the game, yeah. two nights before the play- uh-huh. game, six nights before the game, you can stay out until sunup. It's going to get arrested. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you on that. It'll, it, that one will be interesting. I don't know what we're going to see from an opt-out standpoint. I know that Florida State just came out today and said that uh, Johnny Wilson is going to opt out of the bowl game, which I hate to see. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested – to see is 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 Georgia really going to be tamping at the bit to, to, to win that uh, playoff game against Florida State? Same for Kirby, um, and
0: especially you know, at Georgia, be careful in the car. Yeah.
2: Yeah, like he's proven he can galvanize that team even after they've been national champs. So they're going to be ready to go, but are some guys going to opt out? And then is Florida State going to just take this as an extreme lack of disrespect and they try really hard in the bowl game, or are guys going to kind of mail it in because they didn't go uh, They didn't go to the playoff and, and they're getting ready for the NFL? I mean, some of those, like, like I just said, Johnny Wilson's going to opt out. Don't know about Keon Coleman yet. Don't know about uh, Jared Burst on the defensive side yet, but I'm hoping that enough of those guys play so that that Georgia Florida State matchup delivers for us.
3: David, as we say goodbye, I- introduce to our listeners everybody in the vehicle with you.
2: <laughs> oh, well, I got my wife here, uh, Darby good. Lou Cohn. I hey, got Darby. Adam and baby Ava here. I hope they weren't too loud, but we're all in no, Atlanta, and uh, we're passing through Chattanooga. Wow.
3: salute be safe david yeah, Cone. it was fun safe. and your children were, were great thank you <laughs> thanks, hey david.
2: i always appreciate it thank y'all thanks david. thank you
3: very much david cohen talking college football with us he's co-host of crane and company hear Jake crane every monday right. monday
1: yeah. yep. right out of the gate with, right with john out the gate 11 10
3: 11 10 every monday and they do a great job mm-hmm. the passion that they cover college oh, yeah. football. I don't think you can do anything well without passion, and they have it. And he's been with us all year. we will be with us through the national championship. Sissy's Log Cabin, their official jeweler of the Memphis Grizzlies and the Memphis Tigers, they've got the hometown teams covered. And we're going to be there on Friday the 15th for a remote at the new location opening in Laurelwood. Bill Jones and his great team, they're here to stay Others blow in and blow out overnight, not Sissy's Law Cabin. They're part of the fabric of the community, supporters of the Grizzlies, supporters of Tigers Athletics, sponsor of our look back every Monday, all season long at 430 in the SEC, and they have the Mid-South's largest selection of -of one-of-a-kind jewelry, engagement rings, wedding bands, necklaces, earrings, the time of the year for engagement rings is right now. If it's not now, it's coming up in Valentine's. It's getting really close. But this is this, this is the Super Bowl for that t- type of, of purchase. Now, over 9,000 square foot in Laurelwood with expanded lines for Rolex, Cartier, Diamonds, and more. And we're, when we're there that Friday, we're going to give away two seats on the wood for Wednesday night, mm-hmm. January 3rd, against Toronto. We can attest there's not a better seat in the building. Then, than no seats. You, I mean, you're, you're in you're the right action. <laughs> we're we're going to give those away. We'll give them away about 525 yeah. or so that Friday afternoon, but you need to come by and rest your order. We have other stuff to give away as well. Since 1970 with six great locations across Arkansas and Tennessee, Sissies, they offer a selection of diamonds, estate jewelry, and fine gifts. Unsurpassed value, exceptional service, expansive selection, and an extraordinary experience because life's too short for ordinary jewelry.
1: And speaking of places we're going to be, Brett, I want to remind everybody that this Friday, along with John Hardin, we're going yes. to be at Cordova Ace Hardware. If John Hardware. doesn't burn the place down That's before right. we get there. Yeah, they guy got to keep an eye on John. Uh, but from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m., we'll be out there, 1740 Germantown Parkway, right behind Corky's for the Big Green Egg, early Christmas at Cordova Ace Hardware. We're going to have uh, a ton of things going on. We're going to be grilling on the Big Green Egg, tenderloin wings, pizza, dessert, all of that on the Big Green Egg. They've got great Great deals on Big Green Eggs and Big Green Egg accessories, so make sure you come out there. Hang out with us this Friday from 11 to 6. We're going to be giving away prizes um, and a ton of giveaways, so make sure you come out to Cordova Ace Hardware, 1740 Germantown Park. Better Way. show up hungry. This Friday, yeah, Show up hungry. I mean, wings, pizza, desserts, all made on the Big Green Egg. You don't want to miss that, but let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we're going to take a look at this weekend, some of these NFL games and the lone college football game what are those lines looking like on a Wednesday afternoon we'll do that next on Sports Time.
0: Start your day with Sports 56 mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10 right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus.
1: Welcome back into to Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you in our family leisure studios. we got to take... A look at some of the early lines for this weekend uh, mainly the NFL this weekend no really college football games one college football game army versus Navy which I guess next year both will have an American patch on their jersey but it won't be a conference game uh whatever uh, it
3: gets really weird college football <laughs> I swear I think has gotten messier oh, man. in all the attempts to kind of make it more linear and uh-huh. clean things up and I was afraid that would happen mm-hmm. right I I, I, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm not serious when I say I would love to go back to AP and UPI. We're not huh. doing that. No, You don't go backwards in anything. I understand that. But I swear I think we used to have more resolution.
1: Yeah, um, I, I, I think we did. And I think, you know, there's certainly a give and take. I think you can take away some things that, oh, certainly the game is better because of this. But then that same reason why the game is better in certainly this aspect, profitable. it's... Worse in some ways. It it, it is. It's a little like
3: replay. Hmm.
1: It's
3: a little like the vaccine. Remember when that was going to be so perfect?
1: That's right. right. And how perfect was it? Well, that's uh, that's a good question. I
3: mean, so so many things, you know, is sold as this is going to take all the variables, Mm -hmm. all the nuance out of it. And it only adds to it. You know, replay was, it was going to be matter of fact. And I swear if you watch anything in 1090 I, a million times you can see anything in there.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And so I think, you know, that's kind of what we're at is everything that's proposed this is going to be perfect. This is going to be this is going to make the this is going to advance the game Ten times, and, and then we do it, we're all excited about it, and then we go, ooh, you know, we didn't think about this, we didn't see this, this is an issue, and, and it took it took us how many years? And, and
3: I, I didn't mean for it to get to replay, I didn't, right. I didn't know I was, I was even going to go there. Huh. But here's something you can count on, okay. college TV ref in the booth oh, man. never disagrees with the call, oh, ever. no, no. no. He's uh-huh. going to support his uh-huh. buddies Got to. every, every time every single time. NFL ref will NFL yes. TV ref yes. will call it straight especially yes. Terry McCalla. Yeah. Oh. McCauley, McCalla. Oh yeah. Help me. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I think yeah. it
2: is McCullough, but like he
3: calls it straight. He does. He, he calls it straight, straight he as a pin, Johnny. It and it's so refreshing just you know if it, you know if his old buds his old chums are... Are mad. And now, now, I I don't, I don't blame them because we made the hardest, most thankless job on earth harder and more
1: thankless. Well, yes, yes, we did. But you're not wrong. I mean, in college, it's whatever the call on the field is. Yep, they made the right call. You see this. Oh, college TV ref. College TV ref.
3: He's not going to disagree with the call of the field. And okay, I understand that. They're not making what the NFL guys are, and it's not. Not just a hobby, I, and I know I, I'm, I'm good friends with sure. several college football referees, and I know there's no there there. They're not huh. throwing any game. Nobody's <laughs> no, gotten no. to them. There's no way no, that no. crap's happening with any of them. They don't want they don't want the blunder. They don't want no. it going around social media.
1: No, when, and Brett, I, I haven't brought this up, but it's almost like the same of. Uh, uh, on ESPN on on Sunday when they unveiled the the top 4 and every single person associated with ESPN on ESPN the entire day was yep the committee got it right these that are the four true, teams Bryant. that deserve to be in there and i think booger was every the only time. one that was like no no yeah he was this, this the is only not one what have was. and everybody he else was. was like no 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 you're wrong it should have been these four teams well yeah. of course they're going to say that of course they're going to say that these yeah, are yeah. games that are going to be on ESPN that's going to be ESPN a ton of money yeah, I mean, yeah of now.
3: course but 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 ESPN kind of having the fix in with SEC is, no. is ludicrous. Yes, that's crazy because they wholly own and operate the ACC network, <laughs> right? Right. They, they I, I think they share the same building buildings in Charlotte. I think. Really, I, I think. Interesting. I, the, 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 there, there's not that there there, no. but it sure looks like a lot of collusion. Here's something, right? And and it's, it's very generational. It was well before me. Okay. Are you at all familiar with the name, the long distance runner, Roger Bannister?
1: Maybe? I don't First know. First sub four minute mile. Okay. That's okay. what he's famous yes, for. Yes, yes, yes. Okay.
3: And, and, and that was, I mean, that was going to Pluto. Yeah, right. To, to, you know, now he just,
1: uh-huh. <laughs>
3: everybody but me can run a sub four minute mile. That's right. Bruce Marshall. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean... Bruce Marshall has a great theory about Roger Bannister, and he thinks it's happened now in sports handicapping. Forever, you just didn't go under for an over and under around 30 or 31. Right. You just didn't right. do it. He thinks I was the Roger Bannister of, of, of really? cra- cracking that signal. Oh, man. Look at the Army-Navy over under.
1: What, 27 and a half is, yeah. what, I, is what I just saw it at? I mean, that, good that's Lord. probably
3: what it should have been forever, but they just wouldn't post it. No, thing.
1: no. And now when Iowa, when they're just and losing money. I'm sorry money, for no, you're I'm, all I'm okay. sorry to the audience for coffee. Um, but, I mean, every week early in the season, Vegas is losing money because they won't put the Iowa line low. And then finally, midway through the season, they go. We have to put it at, like, 28-and-a-half. I mean, what are, what are we supposed to do? And then they put it there, and Iowa still goes under it. It's awesome. Yeah, and, and
3: I really, I, I kind of thought Michigan would get there by by themselves. Yeah. Saturday oh, against yeah. Iowa, and, 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 and still could not. But the Army-Navy game this week, I, I, I know it's in Boston this week, and I'm, I'm going to look and see. I, I think it really starts to, to shop around in a lot of places. Mm. It, it's going to be a while before it's back. Kind of Meadowlands, I think. I'm I'm, going to look that up right now at at FPS schedules. And and they're really aspirational for taking it on the road with with Mm -hmm. future sites. And I I think that's good for it. It's been around a lot of places, but New York, Philly... It's kind of always been, Baltimore kind of always been the thing for it.
1: Yeah, no, and, uh, right now, Army, a three-point favorite in that game, uh, like, like we said, 27 and a half. And, uh, it looks like, uh, money coming in on the under, even set at, uh, 27 and a half. Um, yeah, yeah, more, uh, yeah, it looks like maybe a little more coming in on the under than the over sitting at 27 and a half. So, I mean. Fox-
3: Foxborough this year, okay. Landover next year, Baltimore okay. in twenty five. Wow. Back to uh, MetLife in twenty six. Okay. Twenty seven uh, Philadelphia. Twenty eight undecided. I, I think by that point in twenty eight, take it left coast.
1: I like it. Why not? Be fun. I mean it's always a fun game. I think you know it's one of those where all season nobody pays much attention to, to right. these two teams but then when this game comes around everyone is tuned in watching these two academies and it's because of not only the the game being the only game but the the but sights the of it the yeah. the pageantry just seeing all their of that, commitment it is so cool to watch and see and i know this this saturday i'm gonna have a lot of fun watching that one
3: and and I went in two thousand one. Hard for me to believe twenty two wow. years ago. Yeah. Since I went, I went fourteen weeks after 9-11. The, the mm. security was unbelievable. When wow. the president was at the game and made the ceremonial change sides at halftime, and yeah. and so much fun and and just great. I went to the last one at the Vet. Wow. Yeah, which you know it counts triple uh-huh, to, be, yeah, be, sure. to be to be at that wow. ramshackle place, <laughs> but uh, but but a great game and yeah. and th- th- they get after it and and uh the de- de- defeated team sings first and the winner okay. sings second.
1: That's right. It's always a lot of fun and it's uh sure going to be a lot of fun this Saturday. All right, bro, let's get to these NFL games over the weekend. Let's start with Thursday night football. A uh, dandy Patriots versus Steelers right now. What's sp- that over and under? Uh 30.
3: Look out, Roger Banister!
1: Look out! I mean, a thirty and I mean, start getting used to it. The Pittsburgh Steelers are thirty the in Iowa a December cyclones of the game. NFL. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean,
3: we, we see that on a Thursday night, yeah. August seventeenth. That's right.
1: That's right. No, but uh, but the Pittsburgh Steelers maybe rename them the maybe rename them Iowa or rename Iowa the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, they're identical to each other, and uh, and yeah, I mean, I would not be surprised at all if that game goes under uh, on Thursday. Two two really really bad offenses.
3: Yeah, with with n- not a lot of direction for no. the Patriots. We'll talk a lot more about it. Tomorrow, but the the rest of the weekend in the NFL, those six and six teams, that yes. somebody's got to got to hit hit the accelerator.
1: Yeah, no, something's got to give for for these teams, and there's some really intriguing games. Um, I think one that I immediately went to, kind of looking at these six and six teams, uh, is Colts and Bengals uh, noon on on Sunday, and for the Colts playing a backup quarterback, but then you got but then you got the Bengals coming in, Jake Browning on a short week after you know his best performance since um, becoming a Bengal. I mean, and that's
3: the Apple Cup going at it. That's UW-Washington State going at it.
1: That's right. So you've uh, another storyline to attach to that game. But right now um, it looks like uh, in a, the Colts a one-point favorite uh, that total at 43-and-a-half. So, I mean, it uh, looks like a lot of people split on that one as well.
3: It's some different quarterback play it out is. there in the NFL this year. I mean, Look, look! at some of these starters for December games. Yeah. You just never would have imagined
1: no, it. No, I mean it's. There's been a lot of injuries, and uh, you know we we talked. What was it uh, a couple of weeks ago when uh, when old Tommy DeVito was going to make his first start for the Giants? And we were talking about just the I think 11 rookie starting quarterbacks in the NFL this year. I mean, yeah. it's unbelievable.
3: Yeah, yeah. Have fun. Sure. I, I, yeah, I, I, that's a that's a good way to get hurt. That's right. being a r- rookie yeah, starting really quarterback is. in December when nobody. Nobody made made, plan, made plans for that. At Jason's Deli, all the great locations that you can enjoy, like Ridgeway Road, Poplar and Highland, Olive Branch, and Cordova. And at all those locations, you get that great Jason's Deli service. Whether you're dining in, you're getting it to go, or you want it delivered, they've got you covered. Wholesome food forever. It's a family thing. And for any group, five or 5,000, a lot of group get-togethers right now. So much fun being had This time of year, let Jason's Deli do all the work for you. Same day and last minute, orders are welcomed. That's when they excel. Professional setup included with delivery by their own delivery drivers who have food handling permits. House accounts available. Contact your local deli for that. Low delivery fees. They will take care of you at Jason's Deli with all that spread, whether it's breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Some office get-togethers want to do a a breakfast-type deal. they got you covered with the Sunshine Breakfast box, then at lunchtime, the pasta feast, dinner time, the plain Jane potato bar, and so much more like all those salads, all the meats, the cheese, the breads, the spreads, and those salads like the salad bar in every location, over 30 items to choose from, catering anytime, anywhere, and all those salads on the menu like my favorite, the taco salad, the big chef salad, the mesa chicken salad, and more. It's all about choice at Jason's Deli. Trans-fat-free, healthy, first franchise in the nation to be trans-fat-free. Plenty of organic food to choose from. Locations on Ridgeway Road, Poplar and Highland, Cordova, and Olive Branch. And in all those locations, any time of year, complimentary free ice cream. Check them out online as well at jasonsdeli.com.
1: Well, let's get to a quick break. When we come back, it will be time for Big Number of the Day.
0: Now back to sports time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Big Daddy. Hello, Big Brand. It's a guy, he wants to be big, then he gets big, he doesn't want to be big anymore, then he gets small, but the suit's too big.
3: Big Daddy. The Big Boy. You're a big guy. I think she's trying to pull a fast one on Big Daddy. The Big Number of the Day.
1: (laughs) Well, Brett, I have uh, one big number and then another smaller number that goes with the big number. My big number today is 1999. Brett, you brought a number like that yesterday, and I thought it was going to be a year, mm-hmm. um, but it was not for you. Mine is a year. Mine is the year 1999. Last night, uh, Illinois beat FAU 98-89 to and what was a really fun start to the Jimmy V. Classic, and in that game, uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. Um, and uh, and Marcus Domask both scored 33 points. For the I It is The first time D1 teammates Have scored 30 or more points On the same night And both shot 70% Or better From the field In the same game Since 1999 wow. When Thomas Kinney And Drew Samuels Did it for Marist In a loss Against Niagara It is also The second I time I think Marist
3: Was still the Red Foxes Then I,
1: I, I, they probably were at a loss against Niagara, so they, they didn't a loss against Niagara. Um, these two did it in a win against the 11th ranked team in the country. Two is my second number, a smaller number. It is the second time in the last 10 seasons that Illinois has had multiple 30 point scores in the same game. Second time for that to happen in the last 10 years. That's very impressive,
2: Brian. I'm proud of
3: you, bro. Very I too. love very it, man. Good job, man, Johnny. I don't think I, I don't think I can go, Roger banister and go sub for a minute here hey man brett i know i know you got something amazing but Brian, i don't know, great job. I, don't, Thank you. I don't know if Thank i can you. go bob beeman in mexico city and, and <laughs> jump out of the world like he did in the long jump that year <laughs> Brian, did you did you now i know they all do to me did you notice this and tell me if you if you didn't that's fine because it happens to me mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm How young did Illinois look?
1: (laughs) Yes, uh, yes, they, they have some, some young looking players on their team. Yes, I agree. Well,
3: they're 20. They are young. They are,
1: they are young. Uh, Not much younger than me, but yes, they are, they're young. Boy, they really did,
3: they really did look. I think FAU's really good. I think so. But that that was was the loss the, the league, league needed. Mm. My number, 1846.
1: Wow. Is this a year this time?
3: Not a year. It's the number of votes that Joe Burrow beat Jalen Hurts for the Heisman in 2019. It was wow. 2006 for Burrow to 762 for Hurts. Justin Fields was third. I don't. I, I don't think e- even if he wins, it, Jaden Daniels can have that kind of landslide. No,
1: no. I mean, I, I would say right now, Jaden Daniels is my favorite to win it. But I, I At think three losses
3: is hurting hurting him with some.
1: Certainly going to hurt him. I think there's also going to be uh, there's going to be some Michael Penix voters coming in there, strong and heavy. And so I think it'll be close between those two. But those are certainly my my top two.
3: I really labored over my vote. I watched the game Friday night mm-hmm. and then watched the rest of the weekend, but I was, re- Friday was really yeah. a kick point for me sure. for Phoenix Knicks. And I, we'll see how close it is when it, when yeah. it's revealed Saturday night, but I don't think it'd be that kind of Burrow landslide because remember Burrow had a zero right. in losses right. on, on one of the, Two or three best teams ever. It was so yeah. good, it made it look easy for Ed Orgeron. <laughs> hey,
1: that is a uh, a good point that we uh, we bring up every once in a while of uh, Ed Orgeron did. It wasn't, uh, wasn't I don't have the, It wasn't not one. I don't have
3: the heart to break this line out to David Cole, oh, no. our friend that joined, joined us a little bit ago. Yes. But remember this, Ed Orgeron has more national championships oh, no. than Bo Beckler and Jim Harbaugh combined. Ooh, one to zero. Yeah,
1: Brett. Maybe maybe leave that one in your back yeah. pocket when yeah. we're talking guitar le- friends. Better left unsaid, isn't it? Yeah, but now we know, you know. Yeah, and, and we can all just hold that together.
2: Hey, Brett. By the way, <laughs> another great big number, Brett. I Thank love you, it, man. Thank, Thank you, I Johnny. you,
1: Johnny. Johnny? Huh? Who's better? See, see, that's where you <laughs> go wrong. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you
0: know what, man? Okay, <laughs>
3: <laughs> Brett. I'm sorry. Brian had you today. Right. <laughs> Brian I- had I- you, I- you I- today, Brett. Good. He had you today. I thought he did too. I hey, thought he did. Too. Hey, no, right. Brad, I loved. Hey, man. <laughs> great it's a good job. Big number. I mean, it, it was amazing. It's big, a number. big number. I'm proud. of And when him, you man. look
1: at this, this I, I this like Johnny thing.
3: playing the role of the Finnish judge I do, at the Olympics and platform I did too. diving.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, give us a score. You know, tell us the winner now. I, I love that, Johnny. Yeah, yeah, that's, man. That's great. A, hey, man. It's hey. I love this segment. This uh, is my geez. favorite segment. Thank you, thank you, Johnny. But no, Brett. You know we haven't. You know we're going to talk about college ba- basketball in our next segment um, when Kevin Sweeney joins us. Um, but that Illinois FAU game was a really fun game, and I think um, that was high level. That was, that it really was, good was. Stuff. And, and great right, setting, much closer than the the final score indicated. Oh yeah, I mean two point game with uh, with two minutes left, um, and, and really the the difference was Florida Atlantic, and and I think um, they even talked about. I think Dusty Mays even talked about it um, a little bit after the game. Of they've got some small guards uh, you know, in that starting lineup that they have to really rely on. And and Illinois put out a, a lineup. Me and John were talking about it earlier. He said, "Man, they just look real big out there." And I said, "Well, they're not huge, but they rolled out a lineup. They're big. They're big. I mean, they had a the lineup last night where their smallest guy on the court was six six. Now their tallest guy on the court was about six nine. But when you can go out there and one through five, you're six six or, or taller, especially against a team. Like Florida Atlantic, that has several shorter guards. I mean, that's that's a big difference maker. So um, that was a fun one tonight. I'm really excited um, to get to the top of the hour and talk college basketball with Kevin Sweeney. So let's go ahead and get to a uh, a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk college basketball with Kevin Sweeney.